Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Amen. Amen. It is so good to see you guys this morning. I hope you're having a great morning and uh, anticipating great things happening for the Lord today in your life. Are you? All right. Are you awake a little bit? All right. All right. All right. It's very, very good to see you. I want to start with one thing that's uh, incredibly serious, and that is uh, Mississippi. I don't know if you're aware, but um, in the last few days, Mississippi has experienced a very, very uh, tragic set of tornadoes that went through uh, one of the towns or several towns, and as many as 26 people, I think, have passed away. And so let's take a moment and pray for those families and uh, that God would somehow, in his own way, uh, work in their lives. Father God, we just come to you right now, and I pray for Mississippi. Oh. God, I can't imagine waking up to the storm, to the tornado, um, and for the families that woke up to lost family members. And I pray that right now you would just bring comfort and peace to that situation. I pray that your presence would somehow be known, that the churches in that area would stand up and uh, rise up to the occasion of serving and loving and caring for um, those families that have lost homes and lost family members. And we pray today that somehow you would leverage this moment to bring your, your presence, your peace, your message of hope into these lives of these families. We pray for uh, provision, we pray for protection, and we pray, God, for your blessing on these families. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Um, I feel deeply for situations like that, and I just know that God can and will be present in that place. I want to invite you to 21 days of prayer. We're in the midst of 21 days of prayer. This is uh, day seven, and we just finished that this morning. At 7.30 every morning, I want to invite you to join us on Instagram. 7.30 every morning, we've been doing live prayer, a prayer time with each everybody, and it's really cool. It's interactive a little bit, and uh, you get to unfortunately see my bedhead in the morning and all those kinds of things, but it's a great time. So if you want to join us, join us at Instagram at Ricardo E. Quintana. It should be right there. And so um, join us. It's great. I would love to see a hundred people on Instagram by Easter. And so we want to see that. And what we're doing is we're praying in three different categories. We just finished intercession and praying on behalf of other people, um, people that need to be saved. And this week we're starting, tomorrow morning we'll start intersection, which means simply that we're going to be praying for the opportunity for our lives to intersect with those that uh, need Jesus. And so I'm excited about that. It's very fun. We're having a good time. And I want to invite you to that. Also, I want to invite you to do a social media post as an invite to Easter. Okay? So basically, all you have to do is simply put your camera on, put it on video, and go like this and, um, and, and take a picture of yourself. Or take a video and say, hey, here I am in the bath, I mean in the reading room. And... Um, <laughs> You know, whatever it takes to just do a little post. Uh, somebody last week took the ticket that we just gave you. By the way, that is an invite ticket to Easter. So it's not 
for you. You're already here, and hopefully you're already planning on being here for Easter, but it's an invite ticket, and we're going to give each one, each of you one each week until for next week, and then uh, Easter is the following week. So we only have two weeks until Easter, and it's going to be a great time. And I want to encourage you, do the social media and, and get it up there. Get your friends to share it and invite as many people as you can to Easter. It's going to be an amazing day, a thousand egg Easter egg hunt afterwards for kids. And, and we had a lot of fun doing that last year. It was a little bit like the Who concert, but not quite like that. Um, no one got hurt. That's the big deal. So I want to encourage you to post a video on social media, post a picture, post an invite, uh, take a picture of the, the, t- the ticket and invite people Um, And it's a great, great experience. All right. Have you ever been waiting for something that you knew was just going to be so good? So good, but you had to wait for it. And you were told that it was going to be like six months away and you just like, you know, your wedding. And it was six months away and you're like, oh, just it's going to take forever to get here. And you're waiting and waiting and you just feel like it's never going to get there. It's kind of like the second coming of Jesus Christ. A little different because you know the wedding date's going to come as long as you're going to make it to that date, right? But in this case, the second coming of Christ is one of those things that creates a tension in our lives because we all want it to come. Depending on what age you are, maybe you're kind of hoping some experiences will happen before he comes marriage and those kinds of things. But for most people, especially those that are are attached to Jesus, we desire more than anything to see him come and take us to heaven with him. That's a cool thing. Amen? Yeah. But he didn't tell us when he's coming. He told us he is coming. He didn't tell us when he's coming. And I've been alive 61 61 years, almost 62. And uh, during my Christian life especially, even during my childhood, when I wasn't a Christian, I mean, that was a big topic when I was growing up, the second coming of Christ. There was a movie called A Thief in the Night, um, and and that was a, a, a creepy, scary movie about people being left behind. And then there was the movie, more recent movie, probably 10 or 15 years ago, called Left Behind with Kirk Cameron in it. And, you know, everybody gets taken up and there's people left behind. And, ah! Well, those are all realities. Those are all, those are things that could happen. There could, I mean, Jesus definitely is coming back and there will be the people left behind. And it's, it's a reality. It's something that's going to happen. And for, for those of us that are uh, believers, um, we're all kind of anticipating, ah, you know, we do the, they used to do the rapture practice. Did you ever do that? Like, okay, jump. <laughs> all right, okay. Um, <clears throat> kind of goofy. But for others who are like in between, you're like, you, your faith is real, but you, you live kind of a life that's like, whoa, I don't know. I remember, I've said this story before, but I remember in my church, you couldn't play cards You couldn't um, go to movies. You couldn't be caught in a bowling alley. Those are all three things that I did regularly when I was a kid. And I figured, okay, if Jesus is coming back while I'm playing cards, or if he's going, I'm watching a movie, or if he's, you know, there when I'm bowling, I'm just not going. Okay, I've managed my, my 
my beliefs about those things, and I don't believe those things are actually true. I think you can have a lot of fun bowling. I think you can have fun playing Uno and cards and whatever. I think you could have a good time watching a movie. But <clears throat> all those things aren't going to keep us from going up on Jesus. Unless, they're, unless you're sinning, and you're doing it consistently, and you kind of don't have Jesus in your heart, you're going to go. You're going to go. And it's going to be a great experience, and I'm excited about that. And so part of the, the idea of the creeds that we've been talking about, we're in a series called Creed, and we've been talking about Jesus, we've been talking about God, we've been talking about all the things we believe, there's another creed that we must embrace to have a great experience in our faith and, and to solidify our faith, and it's simply this. The, the JCV Creed is this. I believe that Jesus is coming back to earth to take us home for eternity and therefore live faithfully while watching for his return. It's a simple statement. But I believe that Jesus is coming back to earth to take us home for eternity and therefore live faithfully while watching for his return. Remember, if you don't have an I believe, you will have what they believe. It's a simple truth. If you don't have an I believe, you'll have what they believe. Whoever you hang out with, whatever you listen to, whatever you're reading, whatever you're watching, it will influence what you believe unless you have your own belief, which it should be a solid basis of scripture in your life. And so <clears throat> I believe that Jesus is coming back to earth to take us home for eternity and therefore live faithfully while watching for his return. Now, I believe there are three kinds of end times. Now, today, you need to know I'm not here to answer every question about the end times. I am here to tell you that Jesus is coming back tomorrow. So um, if you're, I hope you're ready. No. If I actually said that, you should empty this building and find another church to go to because the pastor would be preaching heresy. That's not true. I'm not, I'm not telling you that. But I do believe there are three kinds of end times or three periods of times that are the end. The first one is the natural death. Okay, There are people that experience end times every day. They die. We die. And should Christ not come back by the time we lose our life and we lose that last breath, we are all going to have an end times. In fact, if you want to look at the scope of the way God thinks, we are all living in our end time. Okay, Because in the scope of eternity, there's no limit to time. But you and I will be lucky to live 70, 90 years, unless you're Gracie Soto, who's living to 120. Um, you know, uh, there, there's, we're all living in this context of a, there's a, a beginning and an end to the life we live now. And so we're living in the end times. And if you're anxious about, oh, I got to get this done, or I got to get that done, or I got to experience this, or I got to experience that. First of all, none of us know the time or day we will take that last breath. None of us know that. And, and the reality is, is that when we don't, because we don't know that, we should live as if today is the day. We should live faithfully for God. We should give everything we have to him and anticipate us going as well as him coming. Does that make sense? I said to our volunteers earlier this morning, I said, if, if he doesn't come back soon, we're going. And that's the reality. And I've lived 61 years. I've lived a lot of years hearing that Jesus is coming soon. And soon obviously doesn't mean 61 years. And so I don't know when he's coming. 
But there's the natural death that we're all going to experience. There's the supernatural end of times when Jesus will come back and he'll take us home with him. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. And then there's the end of the world. So if Jesus comes back and, comes back and takes us in the rapture, that's not the end yet. The end of the world is later, almost a thousand years later, when Jesus comes back and reigns for a thousand years, and then there's this big battle at the end, and then Jesus wins, and then there's a new heaven and a new earth and a new body. Okay? It's, it's going to be a great experience. But those are the kind of the three times that we will experience the end. And I believe that with one end in mind, our death, our imminent death, should Christ not come back, we need to live like crazy that Jesus is everything and that we need to give everything now. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, so what is the second coming about? Why is it important for us to have this foundation in our lives? Because Jesus came to save us so that we could spend eternity with him. Listen to this passage of scripture in John chapter 17. It says this, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. And to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. This is a prayer Jesus prayed in John chapter 17. And we find out that he wants us to be with him. And he wants to see what he sees. I love that. He, he's like, I, I just want my family to be with me, and I want them to experience what I experience, and I want them to have what I have. I want them to know the glory, the shine, the beauty, the presence of, of the, 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 the majesty of God. He wants us to be there. And, and so what is the second coming about? It's about his desire to be with us and us to be with him. That's so important that you understand that God wants to be with you. If you're online here today, for some reason, God's prompted me to simply say this. If you're online, that you believe that you're not worthy of God's presence, he wants to be with you. He wants to be with you. He wants to be with you, church. And, and there's not a person in this room that he doesn't desire to have relationship with, especially a forever relationship. Powerful, powerful, powerful. And secondly, the reason that the, the, the second coming is all about um, <clears throat> his redemption. He wants to redeem the faithful. He wants to take faithful people and redeem them. We've talked about this last week or a couple weeks ago about the bags of gold and the faithfulness that people, when he gives us a gift, when he gives us a, a responsibility, when he tells us to go do something with something he's given us, he's coming back to reward the faithful. And the big part of the reward is going up with him. The big part of the reward is you have been faithful. I'm going to bless you. You're going to spend eternity with me. And you get a blessing. And, and it's going to be amazing. And so he, he makes this point by telling a story in, in Matthew chapter 25 of 10 virgins. Five who were ready for the return of the, of the groom and five who were not ready. Guess who got into the wedding? The five that were ready. We talked about the bags of gold, 10 bags of gold, five bags of gold, one bag of gold. And the person who was faithful with those, those two guys that were faithful with it, they got the reward. The one that wasn't faithful didn't. 
Then he talks about sheep and goats. And he, he says there's a judgment about people who served and who didn't serve. He talked about these sheep. He talked about these people and he said, for, for you that, that served me, that fed me when I was hungry, that clothed me when I was naked, he said, you get to come in. And they said, when did we do that, Lord? Well, the beauty about that story is that it's, it's, it's a story about people who were so much like Jesus, they didn't even know they were being like Jesus. They served just because they were like Jesus. And then there's the other people that didn't get to go in. They're called the goats. And, and they thought they did serve. And they were so full of pride that they thought that they'd done everything to earn their way in. And they didn't. So the sheep and the goats are, are, are reasons why the second coming is all happening. Jesus is coming back to reward the faithful and to take back the faithful. Church, we need to be faithful in our living with Jesus. So how will he come? How will he come? This is the beauty. This is a really cool experience that we need to understand. How will Jesus come and get us? First, we need to know it's going to be personal. Jesus himself is coming to take us. He's not sending a messenger. He's not having his admin come. He's, he's coming. He's making it personal. Okay, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 says this, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. The dead in Christ will rise first. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if we live or die before he comes. If you die, you get to go first. That's a privilege. There's a perk to going ahead of time. Okay? And after that, we who are still alive and left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The Lord himself is coming. It's going to be a personal thing. He's going to go, come on, Alicia, let's go. It's going to be amazing. and, And so he's going to tell us personally. Secondly, it's going to be literal. He's literally coming. Acts chapter 1 says this in verse 10. It says, They were looking intently up into the sky. This is after Jesus ascended into heaven. And the disciples were sitting there going, Oh, wow, that's really cool. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So literally, the way he went up is the same way he's going to come down. Okay? He's coming back. And he's going to do it the way he left is the same way he's coming back. It's going to be literal. And then it's going to be visible. It's going to be visible. Hebrews 9.27 says this, Just as people are destined to die once, And after that, to face judgment, so Christ, who sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. (laughs) That's so great. He is going to appear. We're going to see him, which will be an amazing experience all by itself. We're going to be going, oh, wow, that's what Jesus looks like. He didn't look anything like the painting I saw. You know, and, and he's going to appear and then he's not bringing, he's not coming to bear our sin. That's already been done. 
He's coming to bring the salvation for those who are waiting for him. Waiting for him. Anticipating. Hoping. Praying. Living faithfully. And then lastly, not only will it be visible, it will be glorious. Glorious. Matthew 16, 27 says, For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels. And then he will reward each person according to what they have done, according to their faithfulness. For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels. Most of us really don't understand this context of glory and this idea of of what gloriousness means. This glory is the idea of his majestic presence. Have you ever been in awe of something? You ever been in awe? I had a plate of taquitos the other day. I was green sauce, drooled over the top of it, beans and rice, a little bit of salt. Some of you may think of the Grand Canyon. I don't think of that. (laughs) (sighs) Amazing. I mean, have you ever just been, your breath kind of been caught? I I love some of the cloud formations that happen here in Ventura every once in a while. They, They just kind of ripple, and you go, man, how does that happen? And it looks like it's all put together. It's like God going, okay, I just feel like decorating today. And he just puts it all together, and there's these ripples that go across, and there's these streaks in it, and it's like, oh, that is so cool. Lately, I've been doing this crazy thing where I've been watching birds. I'm not a bird watcher, but one of the things that is amazing to me is every time I see a little bird, I think of that passage that says, God cares for that bird more, or, or he cares for me more than he cares for that bird, but he cares for that bird. He feeds that bird. He makes that bird. It's, that's amazing. That's amazing that he, as much as what happens in nature and all the things that go on to, to take care of these animals, and he knows the hairs on my head, which is getting easier for him every day. <laughs> He, he understands, he gets it, but he, he, he cares for me. And it's amazing, it's glorious. I, I, it's hard to describe. It really is. I mean, think of your most beautiful picture in your mind, the, most, the thing that captures your attention the most, and then take it to another 10, degrees past that. And it's got to be that gloriousness. When he comes, he's coming in the Father's glory with his angels. So that's going to be cool too. Seeing all these guys flapping down and these gals and whatever that looks like. I don't know. I don't have a good imagination or a picture like that, but it will be visible. It will be glorious. It will be literal. It will be personal. It's going to be an amazing experience. So here's why I believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ. First, because he rose again. Because the resurrection is real. The resurrection is real. There's no second coming if there isn't a first going. (laughs) Right? I mean, there's a first coming, then there had to be this first going, and now the second coming. 
And if the, if the first going didn't happen, then there is no second coming. If he's still in the grave, if he's not alive, if he's not sitting at the right hand of the Father, then there is no second coming. But there is a resurrection. There is a resurrection. He is alive. He lives eternally. He rose from the dead. He is uh, the King of kings and Lord of lords. He sits at the right hand of God. And we know today that we have the opportunity not only to have a living Jesus in our hearts, but he's coming back again to take his people home because he rose again. Romans 4.25 says he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Raised to life for our justification. He, He came back to life He ascended into heaven, and he's coming back just the way he left. Amazing. Amazing. That's why I believe he's coming back, because he left once. And he left for a reason. He left to empower you and me to be witnesses to this world. When he left, when he, before he left and he ascended, he said, I am going to empower you with the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 16, he said, I must leave so that I can send the advocate or the Holy Spirit to live in you so that you can be witnesses to this entire world. I believe that he left simply because he knew that if he was to stay, all we, all we would do is follow him around. But what he wanted to do is put himself in us so that we are doing everything we can to be him to this world. And so I believe that he is coming back again because he rose again. And he, is, he lives eternally. And he's coming back for you and for me. And I also believe that he's coming back because there were so many previous prophecies fulfilled just to get us here. If you think about it, this is the truth. Between 450... 450 and 575 verses referring to Jesus in the Old Testament. Approximately 300 of those were prophecies, and those prophecies were fulfilled by Jesus. This speaks to the omniscience and the omnipotence of God. Thousands of years prior to him coming to this earth, prophecies were made about him coming, and he fulfilled them all. He fulfilled them all. His, his prophecies are true. His, the, the, why wouldn't his prophecy now be true? That he's coming back. If all of those other things were set in, 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 in place, then what would make this any different? He's coming back. He said he would come in the form of a, a, a servant. He came. He died. He rose again. And the prophecy says he's coming back. And so because of all of that, to get us here today to believe that all those prophecies were good, but this one's not, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It it should encourage our faith to go, yes, and amen, I believe he's coming back. And the reason I do is because his prophecies are true. And then lastly, I believe that uh, he's coming back simply because he promised so. Not just prophecies, but promises. John 14, 1 through 3 says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have not told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? A lot of people believe those are mansions. I really don't care. If it's an outhouse in heaven, it's going to be a better place than here, right? Okay? That's pretty crude. 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. That's a promise. That's a promise. Used to be an old saying, you can take that to the bank. You can take that to the bank. That's a promise that Jesus makes that says, I will come and get you. I've made a place for you. I've made a home for you. I've made rooms for you, whatever that means. If it's going to be a holy hotel or whatever, I don't care. It's going to be an amazing place. Some people, we, we sing that song, I've got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright land where we'll never grow old. Can't think of the rest. <clears throat> That's a good promise all by itself. Who cares if it's a mansion or a shack or whatever it is, it's going to be an amazing place. And the promise that Jesus made was simply that he's going to take us home. He's going to take us home where he is. I just love the intimacy of that. I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. I think Jesus is kind of up in heaven going, I just can't wait till they see all this. I can't wait. Are you kind of the gift giver that gives the gift before you should give the gift at Christmas? My daughter is that way. She's like, I can't wait to give this, in fact, here before Christmas. And then it's like Christmas comes and you're like, okay, there's really no secrets here. Revelations 21 says this, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw, by the way, if you're a fisherman, that might be discouraging. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from, from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He was seated on the throne. <clears throat> he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this. And I will be their God and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. There's a beautiful promise. There's an ugly promise at the end, but there's a beautiful promise in the beginning, right? And that's where we land. That's where we land. He is the beginning and the end. He is the alpha and the omega, and we get to hang out with him forever. He's coming again. Jesus is coming again. What to do? What do I do with this information? What do I do with this in insight, in, in Mark chapter 13, verse 32 through 37 says this, but about that day, no one knows. So we still don't know. We don't have a clue. Anybody who preaches it, anybody who stands up here or anywhere else and says they know is a heretic, okay? So we don't know. But about the day, 
or hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So we need to stop trying to guess. We can hope. I, I, hear, I hear often, you know, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Often said in a moment of, I don't like the situation I'm in, it would be good to go now. Then <laughs> it says, be on guard. Be alert. You don't know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task. <clears throat> each with their assigned task. And tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. And so what do we do? What do we do? We, we first stop guessing. Secondly, we be on guard. We're alert of the potential of Jesus coming back. We keep an eye out. You know, just keep looking up. I like the idea because it keeps our head up as well. Not looking down, right? Keep looking up, anticipating, especially on cloudy days. He's going to come in the clouds? I don't know. Be on guard, be alert, keep watch. It says just keep our hearts aware and anticipating more than anything that Jesus is coming back. He promised us that. In verse 36, it says, if he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch, watch. What he's really saying in this passage is, is don't go in insomnia. He's saying simply be faithful. Be faithful. Live as if he's coming back today or tomorrow or in the next month or whenever. We don't know. And so we must leave, live faithfully. We must not fall asleep. We must not let our faith kind of die off and go dormant. We have to keep our faith alive and, and vibrant and continue to minister to each other and minister to this world and touch the lives of those that are lost in this world so that we can fulfill the mission that he's given us. Because the mission isn't just, hey, let's hang out and wait till he gets here. That's not the mission. The mission is to reach as many people with the gospel message of Jesus Christ as possible. And when we do that, we, are, we experience the joy of when he comes back, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Good job. I'm so glad you didn't let your faith fall asleep. Keep up the good work and then let's go home. I've got some runes for you. You can't wait to see them. They're full of Seahawk gear and everything. It's amazing. <laughs> that big dining table, full of Mexican food everywhere. <clears throat> I'm in awe. What do we do? We be faithful. Be obedient and fruitful. Be obedient and fruitful. Church, I cannot emphasize this enough that we must do everything we can we must exercise every amount of energy every amount of commitment every amount of resource that we can to the mission of God and when we do that we're being faithful what God with what God has given us to use and to do for him be on guard guard our heart guard the church Guard your family, guard your doctrine. If you will guard those things, you will remain in a right place with God. 
guard our heart. We must not let our heart be exposed to the things that are going to damage our spirit and to pull us away from God. We must guard the church, the very place. We are the church. The people are the church. What I love is there's no faction, no division, no, no pulling apart of our church. There's only a pressing together of the mission of our church and the people in it. And I love that. Your family, make sure that your family is guarded as well and your doctrine. Don't let your doctrine go off track and start believing in things that are about you more than about Jesus. Amen? And your doctrine should always be Bible-based. Be alert. Be aware of what's going on around us in this world because this world, it does seem like things are coming together for Jesus to come back. I think there's still a bunch of things that have to happen, but I, I, I wouldn't put it past Jesus to go, okay, let's go. And pull the trigger and take us all home. And let's not let our faith go to sleep. We must be watchful. We must be awake. And when we are, then we're going to experience the joy of that coming in the clouds and seeing and just being kind of translated into the, into the air. That'll be a cool experience. Amen? Amen. Amen. I pray that for you. Lord Jesus, we come to you today. We come to you today, Lord, with an anticipation with a hope, with an excitement about your coming. We, we, we know, Lord, because of the prophecies, because of the resurrection, because of your promise that you are coming back and we put our faith in that promise. Your words are good. Your words are true. You fulfilled prophecy after prophecy. Why would this prophecy be any different? And Lord, we believe that you are coming and we thank you so much that you are coming to take your people home. And Lord, should we uh, pass away before you come, we are excited about that day where we still will resurrect to life with you for eternity. And I thank you and I praise you for that. Lord, we anticipate your coming. We commit, Lord, to be faithful in all things to you as we anticipate your coming. We commit to being alert and aware and awake Lord, anticipating your coming. We commit to being purposeful and, me and have value to your mission while we wait for your coming. But we do believe with all our hearts that you are coming to take us home. Lord, as our creed says, that I believe, we believe, that Jesus is coming back to earth to take us home for eternity. And therefore, we will live faithfully while watching for your return. Lord, have your way in our hearts. Let your second coming motivate us to remain faithful to you. Let your second coming motivate us to be excited about the life that we will live eternally with you. For you are coming to take us home where you are so that we can be with you. And we thank you and praise you for that. Lord, I pray that you bless everybody in this room with an anticipation, with an anticipation of your coming, with an excitement about who you are and what you've promised us. And Lord, our faith in you allows us to have hope regardless of our circumstance, regardless of the, the pain or the agony that we experience or the suffering we might go through. Lord, we are going to spend eternity with you and you are coming back to take your people home. And we're excited about that. We're excited about that. And right now I pray your blessing on every heart and every life with that hope, with that joy. Maybe you came today and you didn't have hope. You didn't have joy. You question your faith. You question your walk with God. Right now, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to Christians that struggle. And I just, I want to pray for you because I remember living with a fear of the second coming. 
And I believe that what God wants for you today is for you to experience the joy of knowing that you are saved, that you are a child of the King, that you cannot be taken away from Jesus. Yes, we'll make mistakes and we need to repent of those mistakes, but those don't eliminate you from being part of the family. I want to encourage you right now, you are a child of the King. You are going up when Jesus comes down. You are the one that's going to to experience eternal life and right now be encouraged in your faith. Yes, you have to depend on the grace of God, but that grace is for all of us, all of us. And I pray God's peace and joy in your heart right now for those of you that fear the coming of the Lord, that you'll be left behind, that you won't go with everybody else. But I believe today that God is speaking right now to you and saying he loves you, he cares for you, and he will take you home with him. And I thank you and I praise you for that. The only people that aren't going are people that don't have a faith in him. And maybe you're here today and you've heard for maybe the first time or maybe you've heard it again that Jesus loves you, he cares about you, and he wants to be with you for eternity. The only thing you need to do is say, Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. And based on your work on the cross, Jesus, I believe that my sin can be forgiven. And I will repent of my sin. I'll turn away from the things I do wrong and turn to the right and walk into your presence, Lord. And I believe that you were raised from the dead. And for that reason, I believe that you, I, I have the promise of eternity and you will come back to take us home with you. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. If that's you today, whether you're online or on site, I want to pray for you and ask that you repeat this simple prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died on a cross and that death provided forgiveness of my sins. And I accept that forgiveness right now. And I repent of my sins. I turn away from them. And I will walk away from my sinful habits and walk into your presence And Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead and that today you live eternally. And I, for that reason, I get to spend eternity with you. And I anticipate that day where either I will pass away and spend time in eternity or I will be taken up with you when you come and get all the believers from this planet. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life, Jesus. I accept you as my Lord and Savior right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.